Ready? Yep. Three, Three two, two, one. Right there. I think I'll open it up because the guy over here that way. Somewhere. Every time I do the hand motion for the episode, uh, I end up getting it wrong. He's over here right now to me. He is yeah. Jared Kambakungan. He is the Dark King at also not Jared Comics 42 on Instagram, social media platforms coming later. And yes, uh, I am the Voice of Reason 23 in a newly designed uh, uh, Carapy Broadcasting Studios, the home of PS Comics. I love you. That's this podcast mm-hmm. you're listening to. We sure. appreciate it right there. I told some friends I would try to do this. PS Comics, I love you. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, mm. picking, kind of picking back up where we left off a few weeks ago, and that is getting into the Star Wars uh, saga again. We're going to go back. We're going to get jump into our time machine, yep. uh, and we're going to jump back into the prequel era. We're mm-hmm. going to go back to uh where anakin was still a jedi knight where he was uh his best friend he was still best friends with um obi-wan kenobi and uh he has taken on his own padawan uh he has not earned the the rank of jedi master he has well uh i don't think that's come yet but he is a jedi he is a full-fledged jedi knight and we are going to talk about the clone wars jr has been salivating he has feverishly read, written his memoirs, his thesis on the uh, on this uh, and many other things in regards to the extended universe. I really do think you could legitimately, Jr., get mm-hmm. a doctorate in Star that. Wars in Star Wars extended universe. But uh, uh, guys, a, well, there's a lot more well known, not well known, but like well, um, a lot more people other than I that have. That, are, that have led this Star Wars lifestyle, and um, I would love to have them on the show. So we just like bouncing off each other, man. But yeah, my love for Star Wars is an all time, an all time high, yeah, considering yeah. the the. Of course, you and I both, considering the fact that Mandalorian is such a great success and it's gonna spawn oh so gosh, much so more good. things from from the amazing Dave Filoni, and of course John Favreau. John Favreau is just oh, yes, dude. And have they got the blessing from the man himself, George? How he's yeah. in that too now. So, oh, go ahead, my friend. Yeah, we'll get into this too. Let's talk about what John Favreau. We'll kind of tee this up. We're going to go back to Clone Wars, and we'll talk about this again when we get into the Mandalorian. Um, we'll tell these stories. But if you had a chance to go and watch and get to know some of the actors behind um, the some of the actors behind the uh, the characters on the Star Wars shows, most specifically recently, episode, season two of The Mandalorian. There is a character, I can't remember her name to be uh, the, to, um, off the top of my head, but the actress who plays her name is Mercedes. You might know her as Sasha Banks, the boss, the legit boss. And if you have a chance, go and check out her recent interview with the man, the myth, the legend, the Texas rattlesnake, the oh, yeah. baddest man on the planet. The man whose beer I drink every single time we record this podcast, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Broken Skull Sessions is now available on the WWE Network. We're not, this is just a cheap plug. We are not sponsored or anything, but they did just talk with Sasha Banks uh, at the conclusion of the Elimination Chamber on Sunday. And she does get into how she landed the role in The Mandalorian. So 
we'll get more in depth about that when we talk about the Mandalorian, but it was really, really cool that you have someone who is this badass, and I'll dare I say sexy chick who is <laughs> absolutely um, who is gorgeous. phenomenal. Uh, uh, Mercedes is a, a great person. Sasha Banks is a mm-hmm. great character. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she is just like, you want me to be in Star Wars? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said that it was so funny was someone slid into them DMs to get her to uh, do it. They said that someone from the Disney Plus Instagram account DM'd her and said, would you be interested in doing something with Star Wars? And she she's like, uh, yeah, here's my <laughs> here's my people. Call them. And the next thing she know, her phone's ringing. Hey, this is John Favreau. You want to come over and uh, read for me? So that's, I mean, just like I that's said, amazing. you have some, you have some cool people. We'll get more into the story. And again, if you have a chance to go check out Sasha Banks's interview on the Broken Skull Sessions on WWE Network. But with that said, let's get into it. We're gonna go into, we're gonna go back in time. We're gonna mm-hmm. go back to the Clone Wars now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jr., correct me if you need to. Is there uh, on the timeline? The Clone Wars begins. Uh, well, first off, the Clone Wars is a battle between the um, the Galact. Well, the I guess the 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 Republic. Yeah, it's basically the Republic. The Republic, versus, the, Republic yeah. the Republic versus the the uh, the uh, Separatist. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, of course, it's led by Count Dooku. Yep. And um, uh, uh, General Grievous. And, of course. And obviously, we know now. Well, hindsight, twenty twenty. It's 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 really spearheaded by. Emperor Palpatine, which we know yep. at the time is Senator Palpatine, and yep. was the um, uh, he was, chan- he was one of the chan- the, chan- the chancellor, chancellor of the chancellor be- of the Senate. Yeah. yeah, he'll become chancellor of the Senate at the at the end in the, or in the in the, in the, the, in the third movie. Middle, but the, the end of the middle second of the act, maybe the beginning of the third act of Revenge of the Sith. So setting this just the, the scene at the end of <clears throat> Episode Two, Attack yep. of the Clones, which a lot of people were like, ah such a lame name why don't they just call it the clone wars we know we yeah. didn't get the clone wars in nope. episode two we saw the first battle um where um anakin obi-wan and and padme uh yep. padme uh stumble upon the droid factory that they were building the separatist army we meet count dooku really for the first time and we find out really and truly what the empire is doing they're creating a droid army which of course they would flip and would become the stormtroopers but yep. um we know that the people i cannot remember the, the name of the uh the 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 remote planet the water planet um, oh yeah uh not i was gonna yeah. say naboo but it's not, it's naboo, not naboo, but yeah, but right. anyways yeah. we know in attack of the clones ben, uh, obi-wan finds um this uh remote island where they're building a clone army based on the genetics, the, the gene of a bounty hunter known as Jango Fett. Of course, yep. the father of uh, um, Boba. Boba. Uh, we do meet a young Boba. Uh, we meet the beginnings of, the, of the, uh, the, uh, the clone army. And then we see the beginnings of the clone war at the end of Attack of the Clones, where uh, they have an attack uh, on another remote planet. There's a battle. We see Count Dooku get away after a, an amazing battle with... Uh, with Yoda. And then at the end of, of episode two, we see Anakin quietly, secretly marry Padme um, on Nebu, on the Island of Naboo with just, <laughs> I believe just C3PO and R2D2 present. Yep. 
And we're led to believe that's all she wrote, folks, until we saw the beginning of episode three, which we see, Mm -hmm. bam, we're in the Clone Wars, bitch. And we see the huge battle scene. Uh, We led to the, the fall of Count Dooku, but somewhere in between... We hear, we fit, we read, we, we find a great, great story led by uh, by uh, Dave Filoni and uh, spearheaded, started by George Lucas, who wanted yep. to create more content. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your first? I, I've read some stuff about why they created the Clone Wars. I read yep. up a little bit about how Dave Filoni got the job, which we can talk <laughs> about. But oh, yeah, tell me, absolutely. JR, because you're so obsessed with this show, tell us how you stumbled upon, because I know you're a Star Wars nerd, how did yeah. you stumble upon the Clone Wars first? Well, I, um, the Clone Wars animated series, I actually remember, you know, going back to it, it was 2003, 2000, no, not 2003, it was about, oh, the first one came out. It was about... Well, I think you have two thousand two, thousand three. Yeah, so the original animation actually, I got introduced to it uh, was back in two thousand three, where it was during that time. Uh, the original original animation, right? Like full on, you know, two uh, D, two uh, D art, and you had and you we had in that time frame. That one was was actually made from Gennady Tarkovsky, and uh, that was back in two thousand two thousand three. I originally got noted to that one specifically. And what Jerry's uh, talking about, there's two separate series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so trying to introduce the original animation that happened in 2003, 2005, it was, that was basically trying, that was, um, uh, that was Lucas's kind of attempt to kind of give fans what happened between, you know, between, um, between Clone Wars as well, Clone Wars and, and um, Re- Revenge of the, Revenge of the Sith. And basically, Camino was George- what I was thinking of. Ah, Kamina. There you go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no and so, Gennady, uh, basically, Lucas is like, you know what? We're going to, you know, talk to Gennady, or Gennady. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm butchering his name here, but Gennady, who is, who is a massive freaking, like, legend in the game. He made Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack, Dexter's Lab. He's currently working on the whole Child Transylvania series uh, and trilogy, or like, what? Yes, I, think it's, I think it's three, epi- three or four episodes yeah. or movies now. I know he's trying to make it fourth and fifth one right now, but he's a legend in the game. So absolutely, you know, this is a guy who you just want to give stuff to and he wants to make something amazing. And that was my original introduction of the animated series. And let me tell you, man, there was some great scenes in that movie, in that series. There was a depiction of who I thought Count Dooku was, especially in a specific depiction of who I was hoping General Grievous was going to be. And I was introduced to a lot of new characters there too. I was I was introduced to Asagi Ventress, who is you know, who was at first you know, when we come to know what have we come what I've come to know now a um, a night sister. Of course, the night sisters sisters wasn't they weren't canonized until the until the animation the animation that was in two thousand eight, and so the Gennady the Gennady series is the one that I was originally introduced to, and that was the one that I covet. You know that I still I still cover today, man. It's a fun story. It was a definitely a, a very stylized, very very stylized art style. If you if you if anyone here has watched Samurai Jack, you know what you know what you're getting into. And yeah, I love that series. My cousin, you know, would always bring me, would tell me to come over, and we would watch that stuff, man. Yeah, my the the training scene between Count Dooku and Grievous was definitely one of my top favorite ones. Animation style fighting, I like of all time. I always love that. 
And that was my first introduction. Now my introduction into the animated movies, right? Into the, not animated movie, but the animated series that, that is, of course, headed by Dave Filoni. I didn't really get into that because, let me see. I didn't get into that until it was way into its fourth season, right? The fifth season was about yeah. to come out. And then I got into that because everyone was talking about Ahsoka Tano. I'm like, you know, I was kind of out of the game of Star Wars for a little bit. I was going through, I was going through high school. I was going through college and uh, I wasn't really in the game anymore. I'm like, well, who's Ahsoka Tano? And thankfully the internet, it was much better. The internet was start, finally starting up at that time and I got into it. Started to read. I started to watch. It was and like, oh snap! I didn't know they, you know, I didn't know they came out with a, a animated movie, and they came out with an animated movie. Oh my gosh, that movie was, that movie was a uh, was it was interesting to say the least, man. It was interesting to say the least, but uh, I got into that, and ever since ever since the first couple episodes, man, of of season one, watching it back on Cartoon Network again, you know, finally coming back onto it, I got into it. I got hooked, and and. I'm so glad to finish the series, man. It is definitely, definitely a great piece of art and literature. Not literature, but great piece of cinema. And it is definitely, for me, like regarded as possibly top five all time of like all animation type of things for me. But yeah, that's how I got into it. But go ahead. You got a question? Oh, no, I was just saying, for those who don't know, there are two different series. There was one, like mm-hmm. JR just mentioned, there was the, uh, the, Genity Tar- Tartofsky uh, version was ran from 2003 to 2005. Um, and it was, like JR said, George allowed the um, the creators to kind of run muck and almost kind of, almost kind of like what you did with the writers of the Extended Universe books got to do. George gave them the characters. He gave them the sandbox. And all he did was like, yeah, Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm Limited, go ahead, let let uh, let those writers over there use our characters and, and yep. stuff like that, uh, and create these these extended universe characters. And so, um, what brings us to Dave Filoni? And there's a great story if you watch the behind the scenes on Disney Plus. There's a great couple of round uh, behind the scenes of starting with the roundtable uh, series that came out after season one. And that sits down with Dave Filoni, John Favreau, Taika Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard, um, yep. and some of the other creators. And I really hope they inevitably do a, a roundtable part two with um, season two, which they kind of did more like yeah. on one-on-one. They would talk about each episode. They talked with the directors of those episodes because I would love for them to sit down with Peyton Reed and who does Ant? Who did Ant Man the Wasp and Ant Man, yeah. and is going to do Ant Man the Wasp, uh, Quantum Mania, uh, yeah. and then sit down with Robert Rodriguez, you know, who we know from um, uh, uh, the the uh, El Mariachi uh, trilogy, um, and of course Spy Kids um, <laughs> and whatnot. So, and of course, he's Quentin Tarantino's like freaking poker buddy. But I wish they would do more yeah. of that and get those because oh, so many great directors in season two. But Going yeah. back, there's, going to the connection to Clone Wars, there's a great story that Dave Filoni talked about meeting George Lucas for the first time, and he fanboyed out, and he thought he bombed the interview. Yeah. So he walked out just like, uh, "I'm gonna take my ball and go home." I yeah. I screwed this up, and before he could leave the property, they um they called him back in. He hadn't even met, actually, he hadn't even met George yet. 
Yeah. So um, he just, they, I think the producers said, this is the idea we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. And he, he just fanboyed out and they're like, okay, uh, thanks. You know? And so before he left, the, someone said, hey, Dave, come here for a second. And he called him into this room and there's George Lucas. And George's like, no, you're perfect for the job. And so George Lucas personally offered Dave Filoni the job yeah. and kind of let him do the same thing, kind of let him run the muck. Uh, with the characters but this was george's kind of had his uh one kept kind of close this was his baby kind of because from what i've read about the clone wars especially this rendition of the clone wars the one that is more adopted as canon yeah. which is uh the 08 to two uh, the 08 to 15 and the 2020 run yeah is that this was something that in 2008 george wanted to do in live action hmm. but couldn't afford it so there was no Disney Plus, there was no Netflix, there was no Hulu, there was no Amazon Prime. It was a Disney, a 20th Century Fox. You want to bankroll a miniseries on these fringe characters with, you know, with uh, Ewan McGregor and, uh, and uh, um, I can't think of his name now, they got to play as Anakin Skywalker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hayden, Christian Hayden, Hayden, Hayden Christensen, yeah. you know. And no one would do it. So he's like, Let's screw it. we're going to animation. It's cheaper. Yep. And um, and also, it was a, like you said, JR, it was a chance to attract kids into yeah. the Star Wars universe. And that's what brought us to Clone Wars. But what we didn't know was the rabid nerds uh, would uh, would f- flock. Freak out. To, yeah, man. To the, uh, to the Clone Wars. And that was the first time I heard about it was I started working at Best Buy in 2006. And I worked with a guy um, who I'd love to have on the podcast. And I know that he mm-hmm. listens when he can. His name is Scott. What's up, What's Scott? That? Um, and uh, he, of course, named his kid after Star Trek, named his other kid after after a character from Star Wars. Um, okay. And uh, he's, he, yeah. Matter of fact, the, the joke was when he was interviewing Geek Squad agents for Star Wars, or for, for he was interviewing people to, to become <laughs> Geek Squad agents, um the last question in the interview that he asked and, and it was you got hired whether uh, you, he told me that you had to answer it correctly to get hired wow and the question <laughs> okay. was huh? who shot who shot first oh god <laughs> and anyone who answered other than han was the only one who shot didn't get hired that's the legend of our best buy store uh, the one in la quinta Shout out mm. to what's up, looking to Best Buy. Um, and uh, that was the first time I was restocking the shelves. I'm like, what's this Clone Wars? Never heard of this before. I mean, I knew what the Clone Wars was because I'd seen Attack of the Clones, yeah, but didn't know what the show was. And then I'm like, oh, it's animation. Me being the, uh, a pretentious 20 year old, I can't uh. watch cartoons, <laughs> uh, even though even though I would buy the new Disney movie that came out every year. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, I'd heard of Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka Tano. I just assumed that Ahsoka was was in the, the ones. was the character who was shot at the end of Third Order sixty six. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, because who, because they're both twin legs. Yeah. Because yeah, the, what's the what's the what's the character the um the species? Twilight. Uh, Twilight. Twilight. The, the, the race. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, the race. Um, so and anyways, uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, funny enough, that character is also in. She makes uh, occurring appearances in the Clone Wars as well. But go ahead. Okay, so let me give you my 
my two cents, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of attack of the Clone Wars. I did start watching it based on JR's recommendation and knowing that we were inevitably going to do this show. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. I'm only seven episodes into to season one. I like it. It took me a little while. It was different. It took me out because the music was different. How they started the show, they used the blue lettering to, to kind of give you the theme of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit like a, a jungle fever to the Star Wars theme. Um, that's kind of cool. A little bit more drums and uh, I would dun dun. Da, 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 da. It's like it's, I don't know. It's like yeah. this remix version. It's kind of cool. Yeah, very synth oriented. Which, which yeah. by the way, I'm gonna have to try to find that as a ringtone. It's gonna be your ringtone because <laughs> I'm okay. not liking that I changed a ringtone to the Joker laugh from The Dark Knight. Yeah, uh, you have Heath Ledger's Joker laugh, and it's creeping me out. So, for those of you, Jr. is kind of a night guy, and I'll get texts from him at like one o'clock in the morning, and I'll go, "Bro, I'm asleep." <laughs> but yep, it's the Joker laugh from The Dark Knight, and yeah, it's a little, it's, it's got to go. It's got to change. And then you also, your ringtone uh, yeah. is the theme from Daredevil, the Netflix uh, Daredevil. Oh, nice, so, nice. Uh, but it may have to be the uh, the Clone Wars theme song here pretty soon. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to ask you then, um, particularly, what was it? It was, oh man. I'm, I'll, I'll say off screen because uh, I want a particular, uh, particular. If it's gonna be uh, Clone Wars, there's a particular soundtrack that I want, specifically in okay. episode 130. And um, like just to, just kind of notice you guys, tell you guys, he's episode. He's in episode seven. There's 133 episodes of Clone Wars, so he's gonna have to work up to it. It's fine. Gonna, I've had. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely gonna work up to it. And yeah. my takeaway so far, mm-hmm. um, I like it. It's telling. It's kind of like. What I, because it's, I'll use for I'll use for example, yes. Agents of Shield. When they created okay. that show, they had a kickoff in episode one, introduced characters like Deathlock, um, a, you know, a, a Sky, and all the you know Fitzsimmons and blah blah. Um, and then each episode was a different adventure, and it was mm. kind of a continuous flow as we found towards the end of the season that it was one gigantic storyline, but it was being led by in today's adventure and that's the Mm. way the clone wars really is is every episode is a different adventure but they're going towards a a greater good and that is trying to find count dooku trying to find general grievous trying to find the people that are behind um this inevitable clone war Mm -hmm. and I will say the gentleman over the shoulder of JR right there in animation form is, of course, the character we know as Anakin Skywalker. It is extremely odd to watch this show, seeing the scar that he has on his face, see the more grizzled vet that we see him become. He is this grizzled, bordering on dark Jedi Knight, this dark, brooding Jedi Knight, the long hair, the scraggly face, and again, the battle scar. And the first time that we saw Hayden Christensen that way was at the beginning of Attack of Revenge of the Sith, where we know he made his three-act transition into Darth Vader. So having seen that, having seen his Darth Vader conclusion, of uh, his Darth Vader saga come to a conclusion in Return of the Jedi, it's really odd for me to see this guy as not only is still a good guy, but he's <laughs> a, he's a he's a Jedi Master. Uh, or a Jedi Knight training a knight yeah. training a, a, a Padawan who is so sweet um, and innocent in the form of uh, Ahsoka Tano, but oddly 
very, very similar to personality to Anakin. They're two peas in yeah. a pot. Yep. Um, yep. And so Absolutely. that's what I've taken away so far is it's really, really strange to see Anakin uh, as still the good guy. Yes, he's dark and brooding, um, but at the same time, he is still kind of fun and loving and mm-hmm. um, he, he cares about um, he cares about Ahsoka and her training, but at the same time is like, well, let's go on an adventure. Like they're ready mm-hmm. to break the rules and there's Obi-Wan yeah. to go, oh, Anakin, when will you ever learn kind of deal? So that's where I'm at. Um, and of course, the, the, the great and powerful Yoda um, is, is doing uh, great things of leading mm-hmm. the Jedi um, kind of army uh, through mm-hmm. all of this mm-hmm. and using his mm-hmm. wisdom. So again, yeah. I don't have too much else to add to it. I'll just ask questions as I go yeah. along. Chime, but, in, chime in whenever you want to, bro. Yeah, absolutely. But what was, what was, let's kind of go um, yeah. from the beginning. What were to you the, what was like a key episode to um, season one that kind of pushed this story to the four, uh, kind of pushed the story along of this, what inevitably was a seven season uh, Clone yeah. War? I mean, there was, for me, here's the thing for my occasion. Of course, like I said before, I didn't know that there was a continual, there was a continuing series of Clone Wars. Again, like I said, when I, fi- when I finally found out, it was around season four, right? And around season four, the one episode that really hooked me in was, it was season, I think like episode eight and was deeply in the Umbasa, the Umbasa um, war, right? The Umbasa arc. Yeah. And so I was getting into that. And like, from that point on, I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me go back to the original, right? This was still on, this was still on, of course, Cartoon Network and Cartoon Network. We, you know, we, it was hard to get recurring episodes. We would, they would show more so of the, you know, the current season rather than going all the way back to season one. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I had a little bit of money. I went, I went to my Best Buy okay? and I got the first couple, I got the first season, right? I'm like, let me get into it. And let me tell y'all straight up. It was hard going from season, from watching season four to season one. I'll tell you this why. And, and to give you guys a, just a little bit of backstory, right? In 2008, George Lucas, George Lucas, he's a perfectionist. We can agree oh, on yeah. that. Oh, yeah. He's an absolute perfectionist. There is uh, storytelling wise, he's a great storyteller. Uh, director wise, you know, he could, you know, there's some things to work on, but he's an absolute perfectionist. And so, what he wanted to do, thankfully, was that he wanted to continue the story, right? That's what he always like. That was his always his mantra to continue the story of Star Wars. And so, rather than resting on his laurels and just, you know, pumping out another trilogy to basically make money for uh, for selling him selling all the merchandise and toys he's like you know what i i feel like the clone wars wasn't told through my eyes you know i'm paraphrasing what he's gonna say of course but i was i feel like he felt like he gave he gave kennedy just full reign on whatever to do because he was working on of course you know episode three at the time and all the all the things that go with that and so looking back onto it He's like, you know what? I want to finish this story out. I want to truly tell my story or what I view as my story. And that's when he hired Dave Filoni. That's when he, you know, he made um, LucasArts Singapore. 
back in 2003, 2004, right? And then, then, then the initiation of like, all right, let's make Clone Wars really be a thing. And he really went high tier by making a, a full-on movie, an animated movie on, on less than $9 million budget. It was it was critically panned. It was horrendous. Uh, there were certain things about it. You know, it was it was good. If you're a Star Wars fan, if you were just an avid, if you're just a watcher of like cinema, right, a casual fan, it wasn't it though, right? Yeah. For comparison's sake, Up, which came out the next year in 2009, had a budget of 145 million. <laughs> so a budget of nine million to a budget of 145 million, you, you see the difference yeah. of animation. Like there was a lot of low, like low poly, like. If you were watching the movie, it will. It felt like you're watching a PS1 game, PS2 game. Yeah. Right. And but that wasn't what he wanted. Like he wanted a high bar of wanting perfection per se. Right. And so from that point on, they went from they went straight from the movie to the series. And series one, we we somewhat see that that certain level of fidelity going to series to season one. And let me tell you, going on to season one. Back in 20, 2012, 2013, and you know, seeing all this stuff, I'm like, oh, it's just kind of tough to kind of look at, right? It's yeah, kind of tough to look at. But looking back onto it, I found out that oh, you know, some of the 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 stormtroopers have some type of autonomy. They have thoughts. They have feelings. They have. Uh, they're not these mindless soldiers that you know go do one thing over and over again. And that's made point and pivotal by Yoda, specifically in in the first in ambush, where he yeah. goes to Captain Rex and he goes to he goes to Captain Rex and to Captain um uh, to Cody, and just talks to them like they're people. Rest. No, you you know the best way to sur- the best way to win this war is for you to survive the war. He's talking like Yoda talks to anybody, and that was one of the things that really hit like really kind of did it for me like all right cool you know i see you know these guys aren't you know your normal clone troopers that can't hit the side of a barn door you know mm-hmm. they, they would shoot you like up for like 40 minutes and hit absolutely nothing no captain rex cody fives echo all these guys that were that were put in that were introduced in season one great dudes and it was it was made pivotal to the point to be like you had one voice actor voice all of them and they all had very distinctive like styles they had a very distinctive tones they had very distinctive attitudes and that's really kind of brought me into like all right cool let me let me get past season one at least in season one of course we still also we still ahsoka and that time granted again 2014 i kind of i couldn't really stand kids (laughs) at the time (laughs) i couldn't really stand kids and when we first see her I know for me, one second, my, my phone kind of blowing up right now. I'm trying, I'm trying to silence around. I know for me, when I first met Ahsoka, I wasn't really a big fan of hers. You know, she was very, yeah, she was brash. She was like, felt like she knew everything. Oh, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Questionable, like a kid, right? Yeah. It wasn't until it wasn't until a couple of pivotal episodes where it was an intentional design of hers. You're supposed to be against her, right? Unless you're older and you're your father, like my friend, like my buddy here. Where you see her for as she is as a child, yeah. right? And when I caught on that, that were that um one of the one of the key things that I found out really fast too, specifically for me because I'm a writer, is that the viewer is actually Ahsoka. We're supposed to be seeing through her eyes because we know all the answers, we know what to do, and that we're hoping to somehow vicariously live through Ahsoka 
because we want to save Anakin, <laughs> right? And I see this in her and specifically in, I think it was, I think episode seven or so. No, it was the, uh, it was the bombing run. Uh, I'm sure, let me look at my list real quick. It was am, not ambush, but it was a uh, storm over Ryloth. I forgot which episode that one specifically is, but she, Ahsoka, in her exuberance and wanting to prove herself, she takes a bunch of clones uh, that's under her command and tries to fight against freaking uh, fight off fight off against uh, uh, Camp Dooku and this huge Zani force in space. I forgot over Ryloth, and she loses tremendously. A majority of her majority of her fighters are decimated. She like is and Anakin looks at her like, yo, these deaths are on you. <laughs> and they let it sit for a very long time. I'm like, oh snap, this isn't your typical kids show type of thing. This no. is like, yo, the deaths of people, not clones, people are on you. These were people, these were the these were the people that fought with you in in oncoming wars. These are the people that were by your side, and you're just talking all this trash about how you can basically take this by yourself no it's not and so the interpersonal play between her and anakin was something that you know uh, that i felt was missing from anakin and han <laughs> you know yeah not han. anakin anakin and um anakin and ben and obi-wan that's what yeah. i thought it was missing because like we we never had those instances right even well there we still had some instances of that in in um in in clone Clone Wars, but it was very. Well, we saw more of the interplay between Anakin and, and Ahsoka. So yeah, I watched the first season. It was decent at best. It was it was had some good stuff, some good showings. It, it just basically was there to show us a bunch of characters, and I'm fine with that because we saw Saji Ventress again. She was the who was the prince of the Count Dooku. We saw Captain Rex, Cody Fives. We saw majority. Of, we saw all of Domino Squad. You know, big ups to to Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Kit Fisto again. That was freaking awesome. Uh, throughout the whole series, again, we see um, Barris Offi, who's a Padawan, who is supposed to be, who is supposed to be what we hope, uh, who we hope for Ahsoka to be. Yeah, uh, Barris Offi was the was the Padawan. I forgot her name. Oh my gosh, I forgot the master that or the the Jedi who she was under, but she was that you know very calm, collected, that very. Um, She's supposed to be a foil, not foil, but like she's supposed to be a comparison, a full-on juxtaposition of Ahsoka at the time. <laughs> and people rooted for her way more than the Ahsoka at the time. And of course, one of my one of my favorites, Hondo Okani. No, Onaka. Onaka, not Okani. Hondo Onaka, who was a pirate, <laughs> who was a pirate at the time. And he they had some funny moments there. I'm pretty sure you'll see who Hondo is in the couple upcoming episodes because there was a there's a specific episode where it was it was Count Dooku. Um, Count Dooku, Obi, and 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 Anakin—they were kind of kidnapped by Hondo. All three of them, kind of, and the interplay between that was just hysterical. But overall, the very first episode, the very first season, was much of like, all right, cool. You're the good guys. You're the bad guys. But, but there is some blurred line between there, but like what Jedi and Sith really is, and that the clones are supposed to be. Have their have to have their own autonomy. They are built to be these people that are just fighting this war because one, they were created for it, yes, but two, they're their own people, right? Every clone, even though they're cloned from one person, have their own belief structure, not belief structure, but have their own, you know, morality structure and have their own sense of duty, right? 
Yeah. And they're not, they're not supposed to be built by, they're not having this crazy, you know, loyalty towards the, the clone army. It's supposed to be that they're in it together type of thing. So that was one of the reasons why I really kind of like, really, I, you know, I'll give it a shot. And I went to season two. And season two just broke the wheels off everything. It kind of takes off. Yeah. yeah kind of, the season two is definitely, I, I will say, because you told me about you know, how season one was for S.H.I.E.L.D. And how season two really broke everything off too. I feel like the exact same way with Clone Wars. Because season two, you see a huge uptick of like just visual fidelity. In general, one of the main reasons why, one second, I'll get my notes, is that they, they hired a guy named Joel Aaron. And he's the one behind all visual effects, um, behind visual effects and CGI related things and the fidelity and just how, how clean everything looks. And not only that, but now the studio has a year under their belt of like how to do things properly and how to do things efficiently. And, and not only that, but George Lucas what, wasn't really hands-on in the first season. He was way more hands-on in the sixth season. And a lot of his, a lot of the stories coming out were with his like blessing and like, all right, this is how to do things. And that's when definitely Dave Filoni really took charge and really tried to understand the mind of George Lucas. And so that's the reason why Dave Filoni is the guy today. <clears throat> and you have any questions, bro, about anything? No, not yet. I'm, I'm just, I'm taking it all in. Um, cool. You know, because... one of the things that... I, What I, what I really like about so far, and again, to, to tie in a date to talk about Dave Filoni is just like, you can really tell that you have a great storyteller in the form of Dave, Dave Filoni, um, who cares about his work, who cares about his craft, who mm-hmm. isn't just in this to make money. He's in it to mm-hmm. tell great stories. Yep. And he flushes out characters. He makes <laughs> you care about these characters. And like I said, I've just gotten this just from seven episodes. Um is to it's someone who cares about star wars who cares about the extended universe uh cares about the the um the skywalker saga um Mm -hmm. as a whole um and wants to see this thing go on and go on for many 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 years um that that's kind of like been my takeaway from it um you know not afraid to create new characters, not afraid to introduce characters that were thought to be just fan fiction, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, really not afraid to, to like I said, to, to, to create this, this character and really bet the farm, really bet the entire series on Ahsoka. And it was funny how she was really not, quote, introduced in in the clone wars um she's just all of a sudden there yeah yeah we 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 pick up at the conclusion anakin's a married man um and uh he's gone through the trials they do not you know they're not he is a jedi knight we saw that at the Mm -hmm. beginning of of episode two Mm -hmm. and then we know that just shortly thereafter he he thinks he's going to be granted the 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 label of a jedi master and, and he does not inevitably but he does take on much to to the chagrin of the council uh obi-wan uh sheds uh anakin as his pat as his padawan and and anakin takes on one and i just thought it was kind of interesting that was the one thing i was, I was taking away from the first few episodes i'm like if i if i didn't already know who she was i'd be like who is this girl 
Like, why is why is uh, Anakin got some fangirl on his ship? You know, this looks kind of wrong mm-hmm. because it is kind of hinted at that Ahsoka is extremely young. Um, yeah. And we talked about that in one of our previous episodes um, leading she's up 14. to... She's four. Yeah, I, I think yeah, they, yeah. They said that. Um, I thought I'd read somewhere that she is believed somewhere to be between twelve and fourteen. But yeah, she's yeah. super young. Yeah. Um, and so it's believed then by by the time she gets to the Mandalorian, which takes place after the Return of the Jedi, you know, she's got to be in her mid to you know, forty five. She's forty five. Well, see, I don't know. Like, okay, how far? The clone between between episodes we talked about the timeline before between episodes two and three, the Clone War took place about what about five years, something similar to that. Yeah, it was it's because it's supposed to be, uh, let's call it when when we first see, when we first see Luke again, right in Mandalorian. Spoiler alert, guys! Luke's in Luke's in Mandalorian season two. Uh, he's about that's ten years. Pat, uh, that's ten years after after rise I, I think that's like roughly around 10 years and so he was i think he was like 29 or so no no not 20 years. no he was uh he was 21 during rise oh, how did it go i read the timeline somewhere man but he was supposed to be supposedly he was 29 i think uh, john john favreau and dave filoni can you do me a favor and pull a kevin feige and write an official timeline for the star wars universe because we need it for a future podcast uh but nonetheless she's yeah. she's a young and she yeah. gets to the mandalorian she's believed to be probably she's yeah older. at least in her 30s uh if mm-hmm. not her she's early older. 40s um and a lot of people were hoping that she would uh show up in the sequel trilogy which she would still be uh, by the time she gets to the sequel trilogy she would be an older lady i mean she would probably be um in her 60s or 70s at least uh, I mean, it's, probably maybe it's maybe be- older actually it's older believed be. that the the events between Re- return of the jedi and the beginning of the force awakens is somewhere in the ballpark of about fi- anywhere from 15 to 30 years yeah uh between that and we see that uh leia luke han are all older we mm-hmm. know that um chewie's still around but we don't know how wookie's age um but yeah, so it, it'd be okay. kind of interesting. Uh, going back, so um, again, I, I, I wish uh, I, I, this is where I, I kind of wish I would have seen m- more of the the show. Um, where does yes. you hinted a little bit about it? The the two animate well, the uh, there's only one animated movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where does it is it connect is it official canon i know it's yes directed it's, by- offic- it's actually canon yeah it's so. canon. it's a uh, uh, the the i forgot i watched like it was weird for me i'm um, back to it i should have watched it again the original movie but yeah it's supposed to take place before because we don't see ahsoka there we i think we don't see ahsoka there uh i might be wrong with that one again i'm getting my timeline mixed up again but we don't see it uh for me from my knowledge we don't see ahsoka until the actual series happens and so this is happening so the movie happened the timeline is yeah and it's in the it's within the three years of the clone wars but it's supposed to be just an introduction to the series and so that's when it happened the the animated movie that took place in 2008 because literally about i think a month or two months afterwards we had the animated series of season one so that's when that happened. <clears throat> um, um, 
you had a note about Ahsoka that I, I wanted to talk about, but I just I it it sweeps over my mind again. But yeah. Okay, the found a spot? timeline. I found a timeline from. Uh, they see they don't they don't put in. Uh, Why they don't put years? They, they put they, they have yeah. They don't well. They don't put in. This is from Reddit. They don't. They do not put in. Um, where the Clone Wars movie takes place. Mm. Um, but they do say it's Episode One, Episode Two, Clone Wars during what's called the Age of the Republic, uh, mm-hmm. takes place between episodes one, or two, and three. Um, we have um, we have between episodes three and A New Hope. We have Solo. Um, yep. and Rebels, which mm-hmm. um, you guys talk about right that up, different which, Yeah, Rebels is going to be completely. Rebels takes place uh, between episode, we're almost like exactly halfway between the time tape period of, of three and four. It leads mm-hmm. right up to uh, New Hope and right up to uh, Rogue One. Um, we do know that Obi Wan will take place essentially during the events of Solo. Uh, Cashin Andor will take place during Rebels. Before. Yeah. Um, and then the Mandalorian takes place right after Return of the Jedi. Um, Star Wars Resistance takes place during uh, the events of the Age of Resistance. And it also should be noted that uh, the events of Galaxy's Edge took, takes place <laughs> after The Last Jedi. So... <laughs> Um, no word on uh, on the on the canonization of the Filoni full length feature movie. Um, I can't find like an official time. Uh, they they uh, had canonized it because George did okay it. That's the thing. That's that's still one of the things that we have to worry about canon specifically because like if it came for if it's okayed and headed by George Lucas because originally, like you said before, George Lucas George Lucas. Uh, he, I guess he could say we can, he handpicked Dave Filoni to say, "Hey, you're the guy. You're gonna be the guy." And the original adding was that I, he wanted to make a he wanted to make an animated movie, George Lucas, on a low, super low budget because he wants to, because what they wanted to do was to kind of revolutionize how people see animated movies or animated cinema and how he can make that for the TV for for silver screen, and that. The original plan from that was that they wanted to make, uh, they wanted to make movie quality animated, um, animated film, condense that down into into TV series, and so that's one of, that was one of the things that George wanted to do, and we see that uh, throughout the whole we see that throughout the whole well season two and onward of the series, <clears throat> and so. The the movie that came out in two thousand eight is technically canon because it did give the imprints of uh, it it did have the imprints of George Lucas in there. So I don't know why they didn't put it on. It was a, it was just basically a battle, a certain battle in the in the war. It's just that they never really hinted on when specifically, if I if I remember correctly. All I know all I do know that is like literally about a month afterwards, or I think a week afterwards, the series came out, and so that's what happened there. But yeah, Ahsoka, um, to get on the point, I think it was Ahsoka that she was supposed to be our eyes as the viewer, right? It's supposed to be, it was geared towards a younger audience. It was, and Ahsoka is supposed to be our eyes, how we view Star Wars world at that time. 
And so, yeah. When does, um, and I think we'll kind of talk about some of the characters um, mm-hmm. a little bit here. Um, one thing I noticed, obviously that's different, you know, a lot of the different characters, you have the basic, we've always been inter- uh, at the very beginning of Star Wars with, with, uh, with the New Hope was we had, um, I believe Ben Kenobi had yep. the green lightsaber. I think so. Um, Luke had his father's Anakin's blue, blue light. Uh, it was a yeah, blue, blue lightsaber. Blue. So and so uh, Obi Wan had the green, and of course the bad guys always had the red. Um, the red kyber crystals. Yep. It wasn't until the introduction of um, the prequel trilogies that we got to see new characters. We saw the purple lightsaber, obviously, with Mace Windu, the only one, the only person in the Star Wars universe to have a purple lightsaber. Um, I know that I think there's technically one other person or something like that. Yeah, someone asked for it recently. Uh, We'll talk about that eventually. (laughs) But there was, um, you know, there's been a yellow, there's been, I think, orange um, and stuff like that. But some of them have different characteristics. Obviously, we saw with um, with the hilt, the different hilts. We have Count Dooku that has kind of the curled one. Um, we have obviously Kylo Ren who has modified it to have the um, the kind of the the, the side uh, side saber. Um, we've seen, like I said, a lot of different ones. Obviously, we saw my miniature size with Yoda. Um, Ahsoka has, from what, for correct me if I'm wrong, has white uh, kyber crystals. That's, yes, that's end of series. That's that's technically the end of series Ahsoka because when she, I think she had a green lightsaber when she was first when we first introduced her. It those her specific two lightsabers that she has now. If you if you people have seen the Mandalorian TV show, was uh, there's a point of contention there because we have. I can't, I don't want to spoil anything, but let's say, I'll just say this. She does have two lightsabers at the end, right? We see her now in Mandalorian. How'd she get those white lightsabers? Honestly, it was kind of left up in the air because uh, how do you say without spoiling the literal end of the series? (sighs) She gives up one. Hmm. And it's an appointment tale of her giving up one of those lightsabers because one of the, because those dual lightsabers were a gift. I'll say that uh, it's uh, I I want I want to spoil it, but I can't it, because here's a, a, the Clone Wars, the the final season of Clone Wars had literally happened in two thousand and two thousand, not two thousand twenty. Yes, right. So that's the final twelve episodes. Right, they were finally given the okay green light. For them, after literally five years of no Clone Wars at all, no end to all these things, and Filoni was like, "All right, we'll do these arcs." That he had, he had these, uh, he had a bunch of um, arcs and a bunch of stories that were unwritten, that yeah. w- that were kind of pre-planned, but they never got the chance to do because they got canceled basically. And one of the arcs was that Ahsoka. <sighs> I was gonna spoil it, but Ahsoka comes back. No, just go. Yeah. We have to assume uh, that people have seen these movies. I mean, we did the same thing with the with the star with the movies. So, yeah, guys. So at this point, if you haven't seen uh, um, any of the the man going in from spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. 
All if right. you have not seen, like me, and I don't care <laughs> because this guy is seven salivating to do yeah. the Clone Wars. If you have not seen the Clone Wars series and you really want to go in unspoiled, Ben, pause this podcast and go binge them. They're available on Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. Um, if not, I, I would. Yeah, is, I would recommend. Yeah, it, I would recommend basically come here after you're done with the series, which is going to be a hard thing to do. But yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, okay, so spoiler alert then. Spoiler alert. End of season five. It was 2013. Um, end of season five. Ahsoka, uh, one of the pivotal things I will say, because this is one, this is one of my points, is that Ahsoka was... Uh, was um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She was not betrayed, but she was framed for blowing up a, a, Jedi, a Jedi Academy type of thing, right? Rot row. A bomb, basically, right? And she was yeah. one of the people to find that, right? At the end of season five, she leaves the Jedi Council. She was absolved of everything, but she can't yeah. go back because of just the Jedi Council. Honestly, is is seen in a worse light throughout the whole series. Like there, uh, there's a lack of empathy everywhere, and that's crazy because the Jedi Council is supposed to be, you know, peacekeepers. They're supposed to be, you know, these these uh, these uh, these figures of of hope. And they said, "All right, Soka, you're back," and that's it. After basically she was on trial and all these horrible things were, were going to be done to her. But Soka leaves the academy. She she leaves like she leaves the council. And in seven, she comes back. She comes back. We see her again. We see an, we, we see a reintroduction of Ahsoka older, a little bit older, two years or so. And and my boy here, Anakin, gives her a gift of two lightsabers. Got it. Gives her gives her both those lightsabers, right? And this is literally during episode three. This is with literally within timeline of episode three. And it is amazing to freaking see because when she came back, it was during the Mandalorian. There were um there was there it was the Mandalorian War, right? Uh Darth Maul was taking over Mandalore. <laughs> oh, dude, that's freaking crazy to think about. But Darth Maul was in charge of Mandalore, and Bo-Katan wanted to have her city back, basically her want her planet back. And Ahsoka went back to help out. Yeah. And Ahsoka had this amazing freaking battle. Honestly, one of the probably one of the best animated animated fight scenes I've seen. Right. Just on full display against Darth Maul, <laughs> and is is freaking amazing. And after that, and after that battle happened, they uh, they captured Darth Maul, and they're onwards. I think Coruscant, if I remember correctly. And that's when the order came in. Order sixty six, and so order sixty six. She was literally there. They're they're canonizing that she was there when it happened, and. Um, uh, with Captain Rex, try come to his senses, try to save her, and they have this crazy fight within the within the ship they're in, and the deaths of all. Uh, oh my god, I was so sad to see uh, the deaths of all the clone troopers that had a basically that couldn't fight off their rewiring were killed, and that she there then she she basically made all the graves for them, all the all the graves all the graves for, uh, for the clones that are in her care, and. And, and there she drops one of the lightsabers that she had. And that was supposed to be one of the well, lightsabers that, that Luke, that, that Anakin gives her. That's supposed to signify that she's letting go of everything. And she's kind of not done, but like she's letting go of this because he, she can't 
the Jedi at that time was something so different from what they originally was supposed to be pretending to. And we we made note of this during our our, our prequel sequel, our prequel sequel um podcast that like yo this isn't the Jedi like they're very cold and vindictive to a certain extent, right? Yeah. And but yeah yeah she how she got the, her new two lightsabers I don't know they're light they're because in the in the at the end right her lightsabers are blue, I think. I'm pretty at sure the end the, of the Mandal- at the end of Mandalorian or no 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 at the end of Clone Wars the Clone the one the, the last season that happened her lightsabers are blue while in the clone while in Mandalorian her lightsabers are white so I know that Filoni kind of takes <laughs> the group there kind of takes some um, continuity things like they kind of kind of mess up here and there but it's fine because we still get Ahsoka so how she got her two lightsabers literally years after don't know don't know so. Here we are. It could also be now. Is it that she has a um, no kyber crystals, or does she just have? Is there a white kyber crystal? It's for those of you who don't know, know. The kyber crystals are the are the the crystals that give lightsabers not only their color but their kind of their personality and mm-hmm. their power. I mean, they each yep. one has different ones. And um, when things reopen, one of the things that I'm willing to spend some money on, I've never been to Galaxy's Edge. I haven't been to Disneyland in probably close to five or six years. Yeah. Um, They had, I think, they may have announced, I think the last time I uh, went, they had announced Star Wars Land, um, Mm -hmm. and that was about it. Um, But... Uh, they had not broken ground. They just had the 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 the, the land put aside. Um, but uh, I've been wanting to go. I've seen all the videos on uh, the the uh, what's the the ride the ride of the resistance uh, rise of the resistance a ride. Uh, I want to go on the smugglers run, uh, which you get to pilot the, the 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 Millennium Falcon. But I believe I can't remember what the name of the, the, the shop is, but you go and you uh, create your own lightsaber and you can swap out kyber crystals and you can go to the shops there in in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I think you can only get them in Galaxy's Edge, I believe. You can yeah, get so. different kyber crystals and they have different stories. You can get a different one and it's Oh, that's Darth Maul's. Oh, that's Count Dooku's. Oh, that's mm. Kylo's. That's Darth Vader's. That's blah, 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 blah. And they each have their different story. Of course, the, the, the big collector item is getting the black Kyber crystal. Um, but I, I don't, is there a white Kyber crystal? Yeah, there should be. Like, um, I know this on, I know the white Kyber crystal is in different other media. Like, I know you can get one in um, the more recent video game. Um, the Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order, right? Which is another great piece of uh, yeah. great piece of Star Wars, uh, a multimedia that's finally out in a video game. And it's a, it's a, uh, which I I do enjoy. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna enjoy more once I get a freaking PS5, so I can finally play it in a in a, in a better form. But yeah, I do know that those are out there. It's just more so. I, the only one that I've seen yet out in cinema that has has these white kyber crystals is gonna be Ahsoka, and I feel like that's a proper one, proper one to display on her end, thematically. Because one, for those who don't know, technically Ahsoka isn't a Jedi anymore; 
she's forgone that past. She wants to let go of that Jedi past because of what it represents to her into the time when she was in it. And the white kyber crystal is supposed to be purity, supposed to inform purity or just the color white in general, right? It, it shows yeah. you representation of purity. It's supposed to shows you representation of, um, of, um, of like of innocence and all that. And you have, you have technically the first, not the first, but she, where Soka now, she's technically a go, uh, a gray Jedi, right? A gray fourth, uh, a gray force user, where she's not necessarily her ideal. Her ideal form is that her her ideal her ideology is still very much a Jedi, but she doesn't she doesn't hold herself to those standards anymore because of just her because of the trauma that has been put on her from the past. Nor is she a Sith, not at all. She doesn't. Nor does she have any Sith powers. Honestly, the best representation of her, specifically for those who've watched Mandalorian with Ahsoka in it, is that she's basically a Ronin, right? And we all know, well, I know, I'm pretty sure people who do know what Ronins are is that they are samurais without a master. And that... And by the way, to interrupt you, uh, according to Wikipedia, um, uh, the Shoto lightsaber, uh, Ahsoka Tano's Shoto lightsaber is a yellow-green is what she's given in Clone Wars. Uh, right. There is a white kyber crystal and yeah. uh, Ahsoka Tano's white lightsabers uses a white kyber crystal. Yeah. So, so there is a white kyber crystal. It was not... Because there are people yeah. that, that goes along to what you talked about that the lightsaber is the tool of it is a tool of the Jedi yeah. that Ahsoka gave up at some point between Rebels and the Mandalorian she gave up the star, the uh, um, the Jedi Order. That gave up the, mm-hmm. the Jedi way. A lot of people goes. A lot of people go like, "Well, if this, if she's canon, then where did she? Why did she show up in the battle, uh, the Death Star? Why did she show up for the Battle of Endor? Why did she do this? Why did she do that? Because she was much like what what Obi Wan did for many many years. Was he lied uh, lied in wait as a hermit? We yeah. know obviously we're going to find out oh, exactly man. what he did with the Obi Wan series, mm-hmm. uh, but he was Ben, he was old man, Ben Kenobi, um, sitting on Tatooine, you know, dusting off freaking Jawas and sand people. Um, but Tuscan Raiders and uh, stuff like that. But no, um, no, it's funny. You brought up rebels. If, if you, if y'all haven't noticed, man, I try to make this thing of like, I'm not, I'm being not negligent, but like, I'm being, I'm playing dumb per se. When it comes to like information that's supposed to be like, I didn't want. Uh, we all know that Sokotano gets her, uh, gets her, gets her. We see her use her saber, her dual sabers, in Rebels, and she fights off against, against, against Anakin in it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to say that though. No, it's all right. It, this is this is why you're the expert. I'm just yeah. kind of like filling in the gap where, yeah. where what I've learned about. Yeah. Um. So we we yeah. know that that's the end game. Obviously, you know, much like it was in, um in revenge of the sith mm-hmm. we wanted to see obi-wan fight anakin we do see yeah. that obviously you've kind of hinted at here that we get to see what inevitably is probably the animated version of that and that is we get to see the ultimate battle between anakin and uh, ahsoka mm-hmm. um uh, maybe rebels is, uh, here, here's the thing about rebels uh, because now we're jumping rebels was the first iteration of when Disney bought Star Wars and they did not want to do Clone Wars anymore. 2013, 
happened the the acquisition of of star wars lucasfilm or, yeah lucasfilms on general like four point something billion dollars right and one and one of the reasons why they want they didn't want to continue star wars is because of the high of uh, the high cost that no, no clone wars was because of the high cost it took for every episode right so i think the every episode will like at that point in time the season was about two million i think maybe more than that per episode that was bonkers for its time, but that also showed how much, how heavily George they, Lucas they really believed in it. it. Yeah, yeah, believed in it. And as you know, when you're considered, you know, when you considered possibly the greatest CG, CG animated series of all time, that comes with it, right? And so Rebels, when they when they put out Rebels, they basically kind of high semi hired the the same team that did Clone Wars, and but like with like half the studio gone. And not only that, but like the money in it was so much smaller than than one episode of 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 Clone Wars. And so you'll see the visual fidelity just kind of drop again tremendously. They took more of a CG. They took more of like um, if you ever played um, uh, Borderlands series, the Borderlands video games, they took the cel shaded approach of CGI, and it, it works at certain occasions, but other points they didn't really. The, the the series didn't really take off until we had Ahsoka Sano came back, until we had Captain Rex come back, we had, until we had a lot of older characters come back. But that's a different, that'll be for a different podcast. When so, does, yes, we know now looking back, yeah, we saw this guy in episode one mm-hmm. uh, uh, in uh, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, we, um, we know he peers his ugly red head into uh into solo he appears in solo um being the head of the crime syndicate uh-huh. that um we we see what's her name's character uh become the, the head of uh when when basically when Daenerys Targaryen took out vision um <laughs> well, I can't remember their Star Wars character but I can remember their characters that they play in other mediums um I, I get yeah yeah we see Darth Maul return and we know yes. now that George Lucas has said that in his original idea for the sequel trilogies, which would have been seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. um, he, his plan was not necessarily uh, Palpatine being the big bad, but this guy being the big bad, being the guy who is laid in the shadows in, in wait. Um, when did, when did Darth Maul, reappear in did he reappear in the clone wars or did he reappear in, he in, clone in wars. rebels he, 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 uh, he, he did he yeah. show up and then why what was his point i forgot which season it was man but like it was i think uh so <laughs> here's the thing about about this right we have to go back on to one second one second one second yeah let me look at my notes real quick we have to go back on to us uh, to to ventress asaji ventress Asajj Ventress, no, it's not her freaking name. I'm talking about, yeah, Asajj Ventress, right? She is, of course, Asajj Ventress. It was the old, was the old apprentice of, was the old apprentice of Count Dooku until she failed a certain plot, and and he basically wanted her to die, right? You failed me so many freaking times. The Order of Two, only two sits ever, and so you're gonna basically die. And uh, she, as a Sith. Went back to her home planet. And the one thing I love about the Clone Wars is that they really dull the lines between what is actually good and evil and what is what is a Sith. 
because the biggest representation of what Sith are is that the most human in the series. The Jedi are the ideal, while the Sith are the most human. And so we go back to Asajj, Asajj when she goes back to Dathomir, Dathomir, yeah, Dathomir, where she's part of the clan, of, where she's part of a, a clan of witches, right? And one of the people she wants, she basically wanted revenge. And one of the people she wanted, she was sought to seek out for revenge was Savaj, was Savaj. I forgot his last name. Savage. Let me find it real quick. But, but this character named Savage, right? And he is actually the brother of Darth Maul. And they were both inclined to try to fight, to basically, she sought after him because she wanted revenge on, on Count Dooku and kill him, to kill him, basically. Some things happen. Y'all got to watch the show to find out. Some things happen. They separate ways but after betraying each other, of course, because that's just how the Sith do. And one of the things that what Savage wanted to do was to find and go seek his brother. He wanted to basically be more powerful as a Sith. He wanted to see what, it has power, who, what his power is. They come to find out that Darth Maul has been living all this time. And he is found somewhere beneath the earth. Uh, I was trying to do this off my top of my head, man. I'm not doing it. It's like I freaking try to flex on my, on my ah. Star Wars episodes, but I didn't freaking do it. But yeah, he was basically found. Uh, he was found deep within the earth. And he had the dude was oh, when you first freaking see him, dude, it's freaking crazy. He has metal legs, basically, right? But yes. his legs at the Come time on. when we first when we first see him though was spider legs. Yeah, and he would just he was he was basically been been driven crazy for the last uh for the last like four or five years or something, right? For a long time, basically. And he was driven crazy and he did nothing but lift off of fear and anger. He wanted revenge. So Darth Maul comes back. Uh, and he, his Savage takes him in. They become a, th they, uh, they become brothers again. And he, and Darth Maul trains him. And they do a lot of crazy stuff in the series. A lot of crazy stuff. I mean, the Darth Maul is definitely a one trick pony in the sense of like, all he wants is just revenge. He is the epitome of what a Sith, of what a Sith character is, right? But what come from it is that he's a deeply flawed character. He's deep, incredibly deeply flawed character because all he, if everything wrong that goes, everything that happens to him, right? Everything that everything bad that happens to Darth Maul is because of his own faults. Easily because of his own faults. The spoiler alert again: the death of his brother, his own faults. The the the, the losing of the losing campaign of absolutely everything in his life is his own faults. <laughs> Him losing Mandalore was his own fault. And just... It's so poignant to see how a one-trick pony character you can kind of root for. Yeah. And kind of hope you would like... Kind of hope like he, if he only kind of just kind of twisted certain things about him, he'd be out of the situation. <laughs> and it's crazy to see because we see him... We see him actually meet Obi-Wan a couple of times, especially, when, especially after he is the... Uh, the king of Mandalore, the leader of Mandalore. And uh, yeah, it gets kind of crazy, bro. And uh, quote, uh, spoiler alert again, you see him kill possibly the only love interest that Obi-Wan or Kenobi ever had in his life in front of him for, for a fight, basically. And so Darth Maul comes in, Darth Maul comes in, he's freaking amazing as a character. He he still lives throughout the whole series. 
We don't see what happens to him until afterwards in Rebels, which we will see, we'll come to that hill. We'll talk about that when we get to that hill. But yeah. Now, you know, obviously we mentioned too, to kind of introduce some of the different aspects of this story is because like mm-hmm. I said, it's filling in the gap between episodes two and three. And mm-hmm. the big storyline we said at the very end of episode two is we see Anakin and Padme get married. <clears throat> how how involved is Padme? Uh, in- oh my God, dude. Oh, dude, she is like, if it wasn't for Padme, nobody, none of the allying no one, nobody in, uh, no one in the lying planets would have faith in the Republic. Period. Padme is seen so much more. We see so much more of her endurance as a character. We see so much growth of her as a character. Granted, we always see her as in, on the good side, right? Yeah. And that's fine. She's supposed to be seen as Lady as Lady Liberty. That is the that is the imagery that we get from Padme because that's that's how she's supposed to be. That's her. She's not this naive young girl that we have we have seemed to believe in in sadly in the last movie. She's not. And she's a very strong, very, very compelling, very driven character, which sadly is in a toxic relationship with a very young boy. Still, mind you, very young minded boy. Yeah, because people don't realize Padme is older, technically older. older than. Yeah. Yeah, much older, and but we see her growth as a character throughout throughout seasons, yeah, throughout seasons three onward. Man, like it, it, she is very much. <laughs> people are gonna hate me. See this? I'm gonna hate me saying this. I'm pretty sure you're gonna be saying this, but she's definitely seen as the AOC of the Republic. <laughs> and yeah, pe- and you're, yeah. not, you're not gonna like that, and people aren't gonna like that. But like, yo, when when it when it comes down to it, she will you know roll up her sleeves and get down dirty and. Do the work because yeah. that's how she's supposed to be pitted as. She's definitely oh, supposed to be portrayed as. She's definitely the the character where if she wasn't there, people would wouldn't have faith in in the Republic. Period. And we see that. Granted, we also see the we also see the dichotomy and the relationship between between her and Anakin. And it isn't the whole like oh you know Anakin's you know googly eyed and love with Padme to the nth degree. No, dude, we see different versions of. Anakin here and ultimately the dude's toxic when it comes to Padme the dude's absolutely toxic he's yeah incredibly possessive but these are when you see that version of Anakin throughout the throughout the entirety of the series you don't really see him until like maybe episode, like season five and a little bit of season seven not a little bit a little bit of season six I'm pretty think yeah where <clears throat> you don't see his very possessive very very Sith like possessive you know um possessive qualities until this point because before you would laugh at them right without the series you would laugh at them because no one knows they're married no, no. one knows they're married no one right knows. and so technically padme is kind of on the market <laughs> technically to everybody else and she has suitors and one of those suitors is the guy that's supposed to you know that runs the banks all the banks and 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 Anakin did not does not like that one freaking bit, dude. Like Anakin, as much love I got for him for being a warrior and being you know being an idealist, fundamentally, he's still very much a child. And I'm happy they showed those certain scenes of him of him being the freaking crap at the guy because he tried to kiss his wife in front of him when That's he didn't know. Up. 
Dude, he beat the living hell out of him. <laughs> it's it is horrendous. It was it it really it was really a telling a telling sign to Padme at the time too. Yeah. Like, yo, he has an anger, a deep seated anger problem. And Bro, he's you got possessive. Yeah. yeah. Basically. And yeah, and because one, Anakin's still pretty young at that age time too. All he, all Anakin knew was war, fighting, some semi Jedi ways, and all, but like he's in Everything that he does up to that point, he gets he got semi praise for it because he's seen as a as a war hero, right? Yeah. So it's gonna add to his his ego, basically. And so that was one thing. Yeah, the, the relationship between Padme and Anakin, as well as just her as a figure, right? Is 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 done pretty poignantly. I'm pretty sure there's some there some episodes right where they see they kind of cash her off. Yes, that's gonna happen. But uh, the one particular episode was when she was um uh she there was there was a hit on her life <laughs> there was a hit on her life because she was an upstart uh, she was going to be the upstart and i don't want to spoil it for anybody else but yeah just watch the episode i think it starts in episode two uh, season two and yeah there was it, she can take the girl can take care of herself that's all i'll say the girl can definitely take care of herself and i and i dislike now the betrayal of her specifically in, in episode three because of just how nonchalant it sounded it, it, it looked Granted, it's great that they you know retroactively made her into a stronger character, and I'm happy about that. But yeah, the the version of we see in Padme with within the um, within the uh, the Clone War series is a much better character, much more fleshed out character per se. Right? Still, uh, still um, a kind of a one sided character because you know you always see her as the good because she's supposed to be represented as the good. And how she really tries to appeal to to Anakin's good natures, but yeah, you see that way more now in the in the uh, in the series. One particular um to go to kind of hit back at the to kind of hit back at the the series going from onwards from two to seven or five at this point. Um, I'm gonna, I want to touch back on the Umbasa the uh, yeah the Umbara Umbasa Umbara arc <clears throat> where it was uh the Inklings of Order sixty six basically. In season four, episodes seven through 11, we have this four episode arc of, uh, actually, sorry, I apologize. I'm gonna just go back to this. Seasons two through five, the change in quality was tremendous. And not only that, but we see now, you will see in majority of those, in a lot of those episodes, they try to take on every single genre. And it's amazing at that point. Like uh, they try to make every genre work in their stories and the the mantra of like any story can be a star wars story is told throughout these seasons in one episode you'll have you'll literally have a heist episode another episode you'll you'll have a sokatano you know a, a learning experience of, of having patience when she loses when one of her lightsabers her lightsaber gets snatched away from her another episode you get a um another episode you you get a uh you get an episode with nothing but with nothing but freaking Jar Jar Binks. Yes, Jar Jar Binks. Oh in no, this. no. He's actually a good. He's actually no, I, a I, pretty I, decent I, character. What? I, I know I've heard that about him in in, in the series. Yeah, uh, Jar Jar Binks and um and um Samuel Jackson's character. I forgot. Oh my god, I forgot his name. You literally just said it. Mace, Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Yeah, we have we have the episode. Of course, isn't doesn't really do anything, but it's just fun having those two characters around. And we have um. A particular episode, a particular arc where it is viewed, it is, it is seen as um, 
it has the same stylings of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Right? And so the Umbara arc starts with Captain Rex as he leads clone army against the forces of Umbara with a bunch of Jedi Masters. Um, one of them, of course, is going to be Anakin and another one. But the ones we definitely want to, that he's actually stationed with is one called Pong Krell. Now, the imagery and just Cinemax involved is so freaking amazing, just animation-wise, everything involved. And if people, if y'all remember from what I said about the, about the clones in season one, about their season one thing, is that they all have their own autonomy. They all have their own thoughts, you know, and this, all yeah. this is called into question during, during uh, the Umbara arc, because one Captain Krell, oh, no, Captain Krell, no, um, Jedi Master Pong Krell is very much that hard ass, don't give a damn about your life type of Jedi Master. And that's a stark, that's a huge stark comparison to, that's a, a stark comparison to what Yoda was yeah. to them. Because Pong Krell didn't view them as human, they just viewed them as clones. You okay, you have a sentient thing, go die for me type of thing, right? And you have Captain, you have Captain Rex and all these other clones, right? They're questioning that, like, why are we doing this war? And the more they find out about this war in general, makes them realize like, yo, this guy is kind of crazy. Like, but then what do we do? Do we go after, do we go against our, basically our <clears throat> genetics? Do we go after, do you go, uh, do you go, do you dis disobey our orders? There's one particular uh, clone there. I forgot his name. It's not five, it's someone else where he was just basically the on point, like, no, no orders are orders. We got to do one thing. Right. But he's been betrayed multiple times by Pong Krell. Like what they come to find out is that the people they're going against, right, are actually yeah. other clones of them. They're fighting against their own people. And one thing is that one of the things that was established throughout the whole series up to this point, and the reason why I freaking love this is that there is a type of camaraderie within the clone army. There's a type of brotherhood within the, within the clone army. If you fight with me, if you if you shed your blood with me, we're family at this point. I can count on you. You can count on me. There's this level of like one ship, the one of of Oh, this was this type of union between the between the between the clones and having and Captain Rex seeing all his people just die unnecessarily because of a because of a dude who's on an ego trip is kind of getting to him. We come to find out that Pong Krell, a Jedi master, actually has fallen. He's he's uh, he's been using things for his own ends. He kills a bunch of these people, a bunch of clones, right after they find out they after they try to take him in and. Captain Rex is kind of dealing with the the humanity of this thing. Like, do I kill one of my one of my officers? Do I kill one of my people that I'm supposed to you know supposed to fight with? And the uh, the clone who was you know betrayed multiple times, who said you know continue your orders, ends up shooting the guy and kills him. And this is going to hint towards like Order sixty six because the because the majority of the times we, if we see certain uh, if we see certain clones pivotal clones die yeah. within die within the series, they always talk about the mission. At the end, I'm so glad I never get a chance to do the mission. The mission, of course, is gonna be Order 66. Yeah, and it's it's amazing to see this uh, this kind of a breakdown of like, all right, then, be, who are what is the Jedi Order? Are they peacekeepers, or are they warm, or are they just warmongers? Because at the end of this episode, you see, um, or this arc, you see Captain Rex say like, all right, but then okay, after this war, what what is next then? And one of his clones go, well, at least we could go home. I'm like, okay, but then after this, we just go to another freaking battle. What about us? What what is what comes after this? And so you see a lot of clones questioning the exist their own existence and like what what is there to live for if we're just if we're just nothing but fighters. 
to fight some ubiquitous war, some horrible war for somebody with evil intent. And so they're painting at this point, this, the Jedi castle as like, they're, they're valuable. You know, they're not these, the, the Jedi, I want to leave this in, but then we'll just kind of get into it. The Jedi at this point, the Jedi, yeah, the Jedi castle at this point, right. Or even continue onward has been seen as this very callous, very, um, uh, non-responsive like they're judicious they're judicious yes but they there's no emotion behind it there's they're 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 so far from their original teachings and it's clear to see that there's been multiple times with other separate planets that are that are considered pacifists they don't want to join the war because the war doesn't necessarily affect them nor they nor do they want to add to it because both sides are warring parties Right, it's been said multiple times. Yeah, okay, the Jedi can see me could be seen as the good guy, but only because you win. Right? And yeah. the Sith are seen the, the Sith are seen as the bad guy because only because they have lost so many freaking times. What is the what is the truth here? And so the Jedi Council up to this point has been questioned by a, by a numerous amount of people, one being Ahsoka Tano. The other ones, of course, and of course, uh, Anakin questions it as well, but he can't get past the fact that no, I'm in it. These are the people that you know that that has brought me in and they're my family. Basically, I can't leave them. He's basically a slave to the Jedi order at this point. And it's been called out multiple times by, I forgot who it was for a certain episode. And he, he can't shake this feeling of like, no, we are the, we are in the right. We'll do what's right. But they get away from the fact of being personal there is no yeah. interpersonal relationships because they're in the middle of a war, a three, a three year war that, have that have once had these peacekeepers, these uh, these uh, these uh, these figures that are supposed to be seen as the good, basically slaughter villages, <laughs> basically um, just destroy uh, uh, just a lot of oh, they just they did some pretty horrible messed up things even towards people even towards um, sympathizers towards the um, towards the um, towards Count Duke and all of them kind of crazy like they it's i i just love the interplay between like all right the jedis aren't what you think they are they're they're not the good guys necessarily there there's a grain of lines and we see multiple times too saji ventress and we see savage and we see darth maul they too have their human moments as well and the reason why they're this way is because of what they've lost saji ventress she she was a padawan but then she lost her but then she lost her uh her master and her main thing was that she doesn't want to lose anyone anymore. Like, do we not see the comparisons with Anakin Skywalker? How easy it is to go from one side to the other. And even when she went to the dark side, she's lost again because she was easily discarded by Count Dooku. And when she went back to her family in with the, uh, with the, this, uh, with the witch sisters, no, the, uh, what's, I literally wrote it down here. I'm literally just flip-flopping back and forth. And I apologize, my dude, but, uh, when she oh, went okay. back to her, when she went back to her original family in Doth and Dothmere, those were killed off too. <laughs> they were killed off as well. And so you have you have a lot of character building and a lot of motives to why you are the way you are. And this culminates in one Anakin Skywalker. Because one of the biggest um, complaints I've seen, and I too have had themselves, is that the reason why Anakin was so easily this so easily switched from one side to the other. We get that because of Clone Wars. I said it before. 
one Obi-Wan Kenobi never really been a he's never really been a father figure in his life he's been a brother yes every now and then they would have they would have their fun they would do some things but like when coupled with the war between the clones and between separatists and all that stuff he was very off he was very you know hands off right he has his own padawan do your thing i got my own thing to do too right so they weren't there emotionally right and in that time Anakin has lost so much of his ideals, of his, of his who he was. Losing her was probably the biggest thing, and how it is handled, and how and how she was handled per se. Because we see we see Anakin right when you when you you talked about it earlier, like it's kind of weird seeing this guy try and be good when honestly the things that he was called out for by Yoda himself by saying that well one you, you can't have it, you can't have an attachment when you're a Jedi those things those things are not good for you. You can easily fall off. You, you hold on to fear. You hold on to fear. Well, one of the main reasons why we see Anakin the way he is, is because of his attachments, because of his bonds. He is willing to go above and beyond for his clone troopers under his care to hopefully save them. He goes above and beyond for Ahsoka. He goes above and beyond for some, when he, when, (laughs) when Obi-Wan has his fake death, right? In the, uh, in the series, he was so pissed off because of how it was handled. He wanted to, he, he was so distraught when his friend died. Yeah. Only to find out that he wasn't, that he was alive this whole time. There was no interplay there. There was no connection of like, oh, he basically Anakin just laid on him, like laid it out on Obi-Wan. Like, dude, you, the hell? You couldn't tell me about this? I grieved your death. Yeah. And Obi felt bad, but he was like, we'll do with this later. I got to do my thing. <laughs> How do you say that to a friend that you basically that you basically raised for a very long time? He was just basically his he they were emotionally disconnected. Yeah. While Anakin, he holds on to those connections because it it it's what it is what keeps him right. Right? It what keeps him right and what keeps him stable. His connections is what saves him at that point, at certain points, yeah. right? And when the Jedi Order has continually continuously failed him over and over and over again it, it it we see then his change because at that point what we see in what we see in um in uh in revenge of the sith is that his his rock his relationship with the, with uh with padme was always rocky was it was going to be rocky going into it his relationships with uh with jedi castle was horrible at best because the, instead of the peacekeepers that they once were supposed to be they're now warmongers uh, his 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 uh his relationship with Obi Wan is distant at best because we they are barely seen with each other at that point too, and his main relationship to to keep him on to keep him evened out, Ahsoka she left because of like because of yeah. all of the of the truth that she found out with the Jedi Order. How they're actually a, how they're actually a fascist government as well. We see I was supposed to I was supposed to talk about that during uh during her uh her her arc in season five the last four episodes basically how how they how she was framed for blowing up um for blowing up a temple yeah and yeah I had, I had, yeah i had read about that that was one of the things that she's had some some difficult go of it and i remember reading like a like a passing note that she was blamed for for blowing up a jedi temple i think it was yeah it's just, that's <clears> the thing and like and then the jedi's like yeah okay that sounds right 
but then much- but Anka's like Anka's like what no we he he continually has faith in Ahsoka and when it comes to find out it wasn't her but it was actually um it was actually a Padawan Barris Offie who did it who was the same Padawan that we saw in the first season and going onward how she, the reason why she did it and how she fell was because of the same thing like yo the Jedi Order isn't it they're a warmongering fascist regime they go to planets if you're wrong if you if they view you as wrong they'll kill you we've seen it we've seen them do it over the span of a, of five seasons and this is it's so far away from the jedi from the jedis of old and the jedi texts that how can you not see it you are worse than the sith and that and when they found that out they basically welcome Ahsoka back and said, "Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, you're back. You're we. You're back in our order. The only one to say I'm sorry, truly, was Anakin. I apologize. I'm sorry. I should have believed in you. Only him. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was just it was the interplay between those two is the reason I have faith in the oncoming. Uh." not episodes but the oncoming materials will have for star wars man because yeah at the heart of it it's it's a people it's a person wanting to be loved wanting to be wanting to be to have a calling to something right yeah anakin is honestly probably one of the most tragic characters i've ever seen after the star after the clone wars because we know his ending we know who he's gonna be and one of the things i the one of the reasons why i didn't want to talk about the end was because after Order 66, after Ahsoka let go of that, let go of her lightsaber, Anakin comes back to that same spot as Darth Vader. He looks at the wreckage which of, of um, the ship that was called their home for, for five, for like six, 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 seven seasons now. And he picks up her lightsaber and keeps it for himself. It was a very poignant moment for me because like, he can't let go of attachments. His lightsaber that he gave to her, he has, he has to take it back because he can't let go of this stuff. And it's just sad to me, dude. And yeah, that was just it, it, how they portrayed Anakin. I see him in a much different light and how they portrayed Ahsoka and how she is supposed to be the new generation at that time, the next generation of wanting to under, of wanting to question everything, question your government, question your superiors, understand why you do certain things, even question yourself at that point is, is a very poignant look of how Filoni and how Lucas put this stuff out granted i will say it, it was kind of crazy how they did certain things because uh there was a lot of decapitations throughout the whole series <laughs> it was like a hard pg like 15 or something like that and like yeah it was it was kind of wild man that was cool to see but still like dang that's uh i, I don't know they put that out on tv <laughs> i'm but, just looking through like all of the uh the if everybody's been to starwars.com it's really cool they break it down each of the mediums and <clears throat> we use this as a reference when we do when we've done the star wars episodes which by the way you can go back onto our youtube channel and i've got a whole playlist of the videos we've done for each of the star wars movies mm-hmm. and i've used this because I, I i use it to cite um locations characters um weapons vehicles and stuff like that and they do a, i mean the, the database they've created and i'm scrolling through um i'm scrolling through just the um the stuff the the information what's the what's the list for this section is the data bank for the clone wars 
Uh-huh. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I mean, a there is lot, just there's so much stuff that and yeah, this man. again, this is just taking place between years, uh, between uh episodes two and episodes three. Um, there's just so much information, and I mean they have it broken down the different lightsabers, the different vehicles. Uh, it really is neat to to take a look at. Um, yeah. As we kind of wind down a, a little Actually, bit, uh, great, sir. I, I want to talk about this part because it's gonna it's gonna include what happens in our Mandalorian podcast. Go go right ahead, sir. All right. So for those who don't know about the Mandalorian War, oh, this is I okay. I side note from your yeah. side note is I I want them so bad to do the Mandalorian War mm-hmm. in live action. Ain't gonna happen. Uh, Sorry, I know buddy. it's not because they're not going to go back. They, they may <laughs> flashback. I bet you they do some kind of flashbacks. Yep. Um, I know um, they've hinted at already in both seasons one and season two <laughs> of The Mandalorian. They talk about it. We obviously we've seen, uh, was it Boca? Um, Bo-Katan? Bo-Katan? Bo-Katan, um yep. who was a major figure in the, in the, the oh, Mandalorian Jedi War, um, yeah. who's also a major part of both Clone Wars and Rebels, I <laughs> believe. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, um I, I want them so bad to do yeah. that. I know they can't, and I know it probably wouldn't be a good idea because you can't go back and and bring back some of the uh, the older characters and do them justice. But anyways, going back to what you were gonna say. Yeah, you uh it, well, granted, I hope they kind of do, but like I know they've I know for the fact that like well, because uh okay, so let me start this. The Mandalorian yeah. War is basically a culmination of seasons two through seven, right? Because we, we see okay. sprinklings of these things of Mandalore, right? Mandalore at this time was actually a peacekeeping nation. They're a peaceful nation, right? Even though you hear Mandalorians, right? You think, you know, these badasses, right? Absolutely, they're yeah. badasses. But the the uh, the leader of the time, the queen, I like to say, is Satine, Satine Chris, cries, cry, I'm saying her whole thing, name wrong again, but yeah, Satine. Satine is actually Bogotan's sister. Right, Satine. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Satine was the leader, was the leader of, of all of Mandalore. And Mandalore at the time was the utopian society that people wanted, right? Was supposed to be Mandalore at the time was supposed to be what Coruscant wanted to be, right? Without the wars. They're basically a passive nation. They want they invested more in their people than their warcraft because um because they uh Satine has come to know that you know. Through our history, we've always been warring people. Because of it, we've never really been actual people with our own stuff. And throughout the whole series, we have this fringe group called the Night Watch try to undermine her and try to go back to the old ways of being a warring clan, right? And this Night Watch consists of Bogotan, consists of their leader, uh, Pre Vizsla, who has Dark Blade. Pre Vizsla is played by John Favreau. So. I forgot about that. Yeah, he is one of the voice actors. So yeah, he is played by John Favreau. So that's freaking cool to see. So I'm hoping maybe we get some inkling of that one. But yeah, <clears throat> so basically they're they're just kind of underminer to bring back the old ways. And so certain attacks happen throughout Mandalore, this once utopian society, and uh, the Night Watch comes in, and and they're they're the old warriors, right? They're the warriors of old. They're the ones that stick to, you know, what we were originally supposed to be, right? Yeah, and they want to do that. Uh, it got, it comes to the point where Obi Wan Kenobi has to come to Mandalore and basically kind of delegate, help delegate, or try to help keep the peace there. 
he fall, they both, uh, both he and Satine fall in love with each other. I want to say madly, but then you don't really see hints of that until possibly near the end. Well, we do see hints of that, but still, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point is like the, the prototypical Jedi that people want to be and want to see in, right? Yeah. And so he definitely keeps his feelings to himself. So he, so throughout the whole seasons of season two through, through seven, Mandalore has had some forms of upheaval, some forms of not, right? We've had, we've had occasions where, where Pre Vizsla and the, and the Night Watch are seen as the guys, the good guys, the ones that should take over and really be, you know, the, and really head up this whole thing because we can't be seen as a weak nation. We can't be seen as a weak place, right? And it all comes to a friggin' head when Pre Vizsla teams up with Darth Maul to take over Mandalore, right? Yeah. And so they do. <laughs> and then Darth Maul challenges Pre Vizsla to a battle saying, nah, I'm going to be leader. Not you. I'm going to be leader. Kills Pre Vizsla with the, with, the, uh, with the Dark Blade and is seen as the leader of Mandalore. Obi-Wan Kenobi then comes back, tries to save Satine, whom he actually, whom he fell in love with. Darth Maul being, being the pretentious prick that he is and, you know, can't move on from anything, sees his old enemy, the reason why he's cut in half and all that stuff, and kills Satine in front of him. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and one of Satine's last words is basically saying that, you know, I'll always love you, you know? And they can't be together and stuff like that. Some more stuff happened. <clears throat> Some more stuff happened, and then we get to this. This happens in Rebels as well. We see Bo-Katan, and she's gearing up to to take back Mandalore from Darth Maul. And we see the culmination of this huge freaking battle in season seven, the last four episodes. Quite literally, quite literally. If it was a movie, probably uh, probably would be the best Star Wars movie of all time. The last four episodes. The amount of freaking money that Disney put into into the last season is insane, right? Insane. Yeah. There's only 12 episodes, yes. And so the market is just super freaking high. So the, so the budget is super freaking high, and I freaking love that, dude. And so you have you have uh, Sokotano, Anakin, the Republic, trying to take back Mandalore with Bo-Katan, trying to take Mandalore back. And you have basically the culmination of that. Yeah, the culmination of of Ahsoka fighting uh, fighting Darth Maul in a beautiful, beautiful picture, beautiful, uh, beautiful th- type of thing to do, and we we see one of the things uh, I can't believe I'm actually saying it, but we see one of the things that Darth Maul truly wanted to do was that he wanted Ahsoka, he wanted Ahsoka to come with her because he found out or he understood why. Anakin Skywalker was gonna probably be the worst thing ever. He had visions of it. He's he's felt it in the forest, saying that "Come with me. We have to kill our masters. We are, we're gonna have to. We, you're gonna have to kill. I'm gonna have to kill Darth Sidious. Yeah. And I'm have to, and you're gonna have to kill, or we're gonna both gonna have to kill Anakin. Oh, and also I forgot to remember at this time during his rule of of uh during his rule uh during during Darth Maul's rule of Mandalore, he gets visited by Darth Sidious. And Darth Sidious says, Darth Sidious fucks him up, bro. He 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 uh Sidious kills uh Savage, right? They have this crazy lightsaber duel. I I recommend it for anybody who's just watching it in uh 
in Mandalore and he just he burns the boy up right we come to this point to we come to, to season seven the end of it and you see the culmination of of uh of Darth Maul losing they get he gets put in the ship and supposedly Mandalore is saved now the Republic has saved Mandalore well guess yeah. what right after that on the ship outwards to back to a Coruscant order 66 <laughs> And so Manalore supposedly uh, in continuity is controlled by uh, now the Empire. And then we get into Man- then we get into the Mandalorian and we get to Bo-Katan, seeing Bo-Katan in, in the flesh saying that she needs to go back to say Manalore. There's a lot of other things involved too, guys. It's just that, again, you gotta watch it yourself. You gotta watch it, guys. It, it, it is the story that they're telling and the, how they're trying to weave in and out. Granted, of course, Bo-Katan, when, when I first saw her, I wasn't really a big fan. But just now, just act, getting to know her and getting to understand her ideology and all that stuff. Granted, I just it sucks to see Satine go, but hey, hopefully, hopefully we'll see some form of Satine live action form. And I'm glad to see Bo-Katan back on screen once and for all with the same freaking voice actor. I will say, and I freaking love that dude. I freaking love that. And it <clears> almost <throat> it almost didn't happen too. Was that mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't? It was um, oh my gosh, I get to think of her name. Hmm. Uh, oh, you, uh, oh! You talking the actress? The actress who plays uh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Uh, hmm. Of course, we know her from Battlestar Galactica. Um, she came back and played uh, the same character in The Mandalorian, and it actually almost didn't happen in Clone Wars, and and almost didn't happen in Mandalorian. Um, hmm. I, uh, I know that she had kind of a. Um, falling out so to speak with disney mm-hmm. um where of course she i think she tried out for she was one of the originals uh katie sacco oh, um yeah. that she i think she was one of the original people that they wanted or the people the fans wanted for carol danvers and mm. that she kind of allegedly burned some bridges or i don't know but that when they were going to write the character into um the Mandalorian, there was only one person that John Favreau wanted, and that was Katie Sackhoff. Mm. Uh, and same thing with Filoni, that uh, that they wanted Katie. So um, I thought she's great. I, I I love her as an actress. I think she's phenomenal. Yeah. I think she looks Absolutely. great. And mm-hmm. people go like, "Oh, she's just old now." I'm like, brother, age is age ain't nothing but a number. If you look that good, yeah. Um, I, but yeah. At the same uh, time, yeah. At the same time, sorry, cut in Blake. At the same time, specifically right. with Star Wars. And when she, if she's in a helmet for majority of the time, you could always put in you could always put in uh, uh, a a stunt double man easily to do all the yeah, the hardcore scenes. Which like, I know that on. she said that she wanted to do the the, the, the her own stunts, but I guess we can get it out of the Mandalorian episode. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of putting a, a, a pretty little bow on the Clone Wars. And I know we kind of jumped around a little bit because we we didn't mm-hmm. early on want to spoil anything. And then JR just said, fuck it, and threw the rules out the window and said, I'm going to spoil some shit. Um, it's a great series. Hey, it's, it's, you it's okayed great, it. You okayed it, but I, thought, I did. It's a great series, a great companion piece to go along with the, mm-hmm. the, the Skywalker saga. Um, it's a great break between the, the overly dramaticness of the, of the main series mm-hmm. uh, of movies um it does add some comedy and some some levity 
without completely deviating from canon. Yeah. It just it, it's a fun side story. It's, Bro, it's a lot. There's of fun. a there's a Godzilla episode in there, man. Like I know I, I, I Jr's. We had a text text and phone <laughs> conversation earlier today about this. We've been trying to record this episode for about four days now. And yeah. so every single day he's like, bro, bro, you gotta check this out. You gotta check this out. Um, and yeah, they're there. It's, it's really, really yeah. great what they did with the writing and stuff like that. Um, we are going to get into a little bit more into rebels um, in another round. Cause I know JR, I'm looking at his notes, uh, cut a lot out. There's actually, it's funny. Um, <sighs> I'm looking at the notes digitally on the, the, uh, the new iPad here. Um, and uh, let me just take this off here. It's not that it, much, honestly. There, yeah, there's. It was I, it's funny. I, it was like, I, actually, it's it's funny. It got deleted, but um. So so Jr's got all these notes, and then there was a a little uh, uh footnote here for a yeah. third section that you could tell he just deleted it and forgot to put the little <laughs> to take the little footnote out. Yeah. Um. But uh, we again we mentioned it in the last episode. Um. We talked about Peter Jackson over here turning one book into three episodes and then he came back today and he's like well i was gonna combine the mandalorian in 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 uh, the clone wars into one thing because they kind of tie one another I'm like no let's 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 let it breathe let's eat, let each one breathe so we're gonna do that we're, we're talking so we want we talked one of the bit we want to talk about the main bullet points with the clone wars without getting yeah. into without completely talking about the entire series and like yeah word for word we want to talk about obi-wan we want to talk about anakin we definitely wanted to talk about ahsoka uh, mm. we didn't get a chance to talk too much about um General Grievous and and, and and Count Dooku. We could probably do an whole episode on each one of those. Yeah, sadly though, um the thing that the one of the one of the grievances one of the grievances I had with General Grievous is that they didn't really speak too much on it, speak too much on his uh on his backstory. I mean, like yeah, maybe one episode. Like it was it was kind of weird because like there was so much of a of a of a focal point of him in the original animated series right because yeah. he was the he was the badass guy and then they did him horribly wrong in the third episode in episode three and i was hoping they would some like do a similar fashion of what they took with the animated series with him in in clone series right not really so much like he was there he was there was maybe one or two occasions where he, where he was given some type of backstory but not so much which it was a sad thing to see <clears throat> and um same thing with count dooku uh, he was there throughout the whole thing, yes, but it's it's like I I the the one uh, the more memorable things I think of him is like is more so of like off the top of my head without thinking too much is like the is like the funny moments with him and with him with him and uh, with him and the and the the pirate uh, I can't think of his name like uh one second one second one second. I literally said his name too. Oh, it's on this one. I have, I have like six, seven pages of notes on me. With a Hondo Okana, Okana, Hondo Onaka, Okana Onaka. I'm. It's ten o'clock, guys. It's it's almost ten o'clock. I'm my head's gone. Let's put a bow on it right there. Let's let's yeah. wrap it up. Um, and we will come back, uh, whether it be next week or mm -hmm. in the next couple of days, and we will record another episode. We're gonna. We might start pumping out a little bit more it just depends on this guy's schedule and depending on how i feel we've both had some yeah. stuff come up over the last couple of days that is going to prolong this um we don't want to inundate you guys with too much information uh, too much content but at the same time yeah. we owe it to you that we took a couple of weeks off and we want to throw some more stuff out there and there's there is so much going on right now 
in pop culture that we don't yeah. want to get left out. We want to get our opinions out there. And at the same time, we want to do justice to our friends in the print side of comic books and talk about what's going on uh, in print yeah. form. Um, and, and there's a great series going on right now on, in, with Marvel uh, with the uh, the Old Republic series that's oh, coming yeah, out yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And I know this was a test run. One of the things that was not announced at the uh, the um, uh, the event back in December, the investors meeting, was there was two High things. Republic. There was two things that weren't announced. Number one was the standalone uh, Cara Dune uh, episode show, which we know now is not going to happen. Canceled. Yep. Um, it's canceled. Uh, along with uh uh with the actress um gina carano um we know that the night the uh, the knights of the republic or sort of the um the something the uh the uh the the rangers of the republic yeah um is gonna take a different direction um and that uh so there was talk about getting there was talk about them doing uh, a gina carano spinoff just her origin from from uh, Alderaan to the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And um, there was talk of doing a High Republic um, show, which mm-hmm. would take you back centuries prior to um, even even Yazir. the Phantom Menace. I mean, we're talking Yazir. about way, way back, <laughs> the beginning. Might, yeah. I, uh, and I'll oh. just tell you guys, um, we are really short in this list. I, I wanted to talk about the, e, uh, the Expanded Universe way more i wanted to talk about jason solo i wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about the twins i wanted to talk about freaking what happens in the high republic i wanted to, i wanted to talk about the uh the three jedi purges that happened in yeah. all of continuity technically there's about five or four and the second one was of course the one that we all know or 66 the third one happened a hundred years after uh the original trilogy happened yeah that was during um yeah it, there was so much there's so much content of, of star wars there, and, there it just is. baffles me when when kathy Kennedy says there's nothing to go on it baffles me i'm like really 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 so 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 jana and jason nothing <laughs> so so we so, will definitely do <laughs> we'll definitely get into an expanded universe hmm. and talk about what is it the um the uh the books the yeah. um and they're uh, and they were get, they were about to canonize too they're in clone Wars, they were getting canonized a lot of expanded universe the feloni has that's Timothy's on right Timothy Zahn stuff yeah uh, they well they they already uh canonized Timothy Zahn's work in rebels when they had when they had general um general, general Thrawn. Thrawn yeah when they had commander Thrawn in, in there and so we 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 see this crazy little network of like all right cool no if Filoni's the guy because he's he's the he's the right hand man of George Lucas, that means if he was going to originally put out a lot of the things that was an expanding universe, it's going to come somewhat hopefully trickle into the upcoming things that was going to happen in the universe in the known legend universe, the certain yeah. the current canon right now. So that's what I'm kind of hoping, man. We were supposed to be um there's supposed to be this war with um with another race from a different galaxy. I forgot the name of this it. top of my head. That was supposed to be in the Clone Wars. That was supposed to be the next big bad of the whole thing, but that didn't happen because Disney bought Star Wars in 2013. <laughs> and a lot of this stuff is kind of like, no, nah, we're gonna redo, we're gonna just rehash absolutely everything. And George's yeah. like, I'm not about that, man. And so here we are. Well, there's there's so much we're gonna get have to get to. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the expanded universe probably with Rebels, and we'll definitely talk about it with the Mandalorian because Mandalorian. we do know that General uh, uh, General Thrawn. Thrawn, sorry Admiral Thrawn Admiral does Thrawn. is is mentioned 
in the Mandalorian. It's a throwaway line, but it still it now it's makes Thrawn line. canon yeah. into the into the uh, the greater uh, uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars uh, mythos, ecosystem. yeah, ecosystem. And so, um, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, I will, do want to mention interesting. Two, we have two episodes left of the hit show One Division. Uh, so, two, we got it. Yeah, it's two episodes left. Uh, eight, I thought nine. it was one more. It always, no, it's I eight, thought it was only to eight. No, it's eight and nine. We have two. There's nine episodes. So the cool. pen, penult, the penult, penultimate episode yeah, penultimate. is this Friday, episode eight. If, if episode seven was any pre kind of precursor episode eight is going to be a i mean the last four or five episodes have been phenomenal they've been so good the whole series has been great um but we we got to come up with something maybe we'll do a a live reaction maybe we'll jump on and do like a live youtube stream or something we'll we'll do we'll come up with something i want to do something after the final episode Sure. Uh, and 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 talk to you guys because JR and I have both been like, like it was tough through December for me to hold back with Mandalorian because there was a lot of times where I was like, uh, 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 I, JR hasn't seen it yet, can't can't talk about it. And JR's finally caught up with WandaVision. Up. So we're both mm-hmm. like, but I know that some of the guys and gals that listen to our show um aren't watching it. Uh they're gonna choose to binge it when all nine episodes come out. I, I work with some people that are doing the same thing that are like, they haven't watched any, any of WandaVision. Same thing with The Mandalorian. They didn't watch any of The Mandalorian until this, this show had come completely out. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll come up with something or, or we'll, maybe we'll do an early episode and we'll record that Friday night. But yeah. this Friday, episode eight, next Friday is episode number nine, the final episode of the WandaVision series. And then right after, I mean, we're talking a week later. It is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. And I have a feeling that when the events of WandaVision are over, all yeah. hell <laughs> is going to break loose, both literally and figuratively. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to mic drop that one right there. So um, normally at the end of the show, we would do uh, our flex pool. It is kind of late. Maybe we'll yeah. get another episode in this week and we'll do a flex. We'll, pool do, we'll do a new, we'll do a news and notes and a flex pool. Uh, it is as we record this on a, on a Tuesday, I'm going to try to edit it tomorrow uh, being a Wednesday, which is new comic book day. I know our, yeah. our calendars are all out of whack. So yeah. um, don't forget yeah. to download the show. If you're watching the, if you're watching the YouTube channel, we appreciate yeah. it. Uh, click down there, subscribe, hit the bell for notification, like us, comment us us, let us know you know what the question i'm going to put out there on the youtube side and we'll put this out on on the social media too is what was your favorite part of the um of the clone wars what what did you look forward to if you've seen it um and then if you haven't seen it what's been like your what's been like the biggest like uh, uh mic drop moment what's been the big the big bombshell moment in the star wars universe other than the obvious of, of Empire Strikes Back, what's your favorite? What's been your favorite kind of mic drop moment in the Star Wars universe? Put it in the comments below. Again, don't forget to subscribe, like, and uh, ring the bell for notifications. If you're list, if you're watching on the YouTube channel and you need to find it in an audio format, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, yep. uh, iHeart Radio, and uh, like I said, a- yeah, Apple Podcast. 
Uh, right. Don't forget to also, you can find us on iHeartRadio. And uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, we got kind of stuff all kind of over the place. Yeah, guys. Uh, it's it's kind of funny too. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's kind of funny too. He's like, just said it's one little last thing. Go over it. I, I intended to cut this down a lot. I think we started at what, 7.30? 7.30, Yeah. So I said, I told him originally, like, bro, if, if it was my full notes, it'll probably be way over late, at least three hours, right? It's almost three hours. It's almost, it's almost 10. And, and we, <laughs> yeah. we didn't, trust me, I, I looked at his script and I took notes from it. Um, that's why I've been like, if you're watching the YouTube channel and it looks like I'm not paying attention, there's two things, there's two reasons. Number one, this was JR's baby. This was his show. He which was all about him uh, from the get go. I told him that that you know I'm I'm not up to par. I'm I'm not worthy. This is this is his baby. He knows the the Star Wars extended universe. He knows the the the, the animated universe better than I do. But I've been trying to like first off trying to figure out how to take notes on this freaking thing. Um, but I've been taking notes and going yeah. going like let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. JR's talking about that right now. Okay, where was that in the notes? Here, where does he want to go with this? So usually basically guys around. yeah basically guys he's doing a great job of being a co-host yes <laughs> so uh, i oh yeah like this shut up and let him talk <laughs> no but yeah yeah guys definitely like i said before i'm pretty sure i miss out a lot of other content because again this is about yeah this is about 12 years right oh yeah from uh from 2008 to 2020 basically right and we have that huge gap in between because you know because you didn't want to put out the last the last the last season right and yeah. the, the sixth season was on netflix and so yeah they didn't want to do that so there's it's just a lot of content shot cram into oh. three hours there's i'm pretty sure i got some names wrong i'm pretty sure i got some events wrong too but general i'm hope if anything guys i'm hoping that this you know sparked your interest of wanting to you know take that first step and give clone wars a shot absolutely like, like don't be like don't be like me yeah and, and wait <laughs> and just go like it's for kids um don't be but a snob it, it is de- it is definitely if you are if you guys are love mandalorian it is you will see a lot of a lot of beats in the sense of storytelling and 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 writing script and having the focus on any story could be any story could be a star wars story yeah. from the clone wars and how they we like one of the things i forgot to tell too is that the one of the reasons why that what kevin wanted to see was the was the political intrigue all season two and three are just political intrigue they, it, they like no, actually, season three and mo- and a little bit of season four. All yeah. that is all about the politics of what happens in Coruscant, and yeah, they have every every story in the star. Like the Clone Wars is the reason. The, there's a big debate. There's a big uh, debate to saying that the Clone Wars, the animated series, is the reason why Disney bought him because of how elevated the the how elevated the fan base is and how elevated Star Wars is as a medium because of the Clone Wars. And it just sucks to see that it took them what seven years to finally realize that yeah, Clone Wars was a good thing for Disney. It was was a good, definitely good thing. So Disney finally put money into it, and we have it now. And, so, and I think they, I, I really think that had stuff like um, Disney Plus. I mean, they, they I know that they put it on originally. Hmm. Trying to play cleanup over here. I know that originally they put it on Cartoon Network and then it was on Disney XD and that was the they big push to, to try to promote yeah. Disney X, Disney XD. But um, yeah. it's... Uh, yeah. 
<sighs> there's also a lot of other things involved too. One, Kathleen Kennedy was head, was is still the head of the Lucasfilm side, and how she wanted to truly control everything. And yeah. there's that there's that rumor out there that she wanted nothing to do with Lucas's touches on the film of of, of the thing. And so yeah, the Clone Wars is definitely the, probably one of the first things with that high budget too to basically be you know to be closing down, yeah. to be winding down. So here we go. Here we are. Again, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe on, on our different social media platforms. PS Comics, I love you on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, sure. If you if you uh, uh, follow us there, we'll get you guys get you up to the speed. Um, I did a little test run earlier uh, on Facebook Live. Maybe something we might do um, in the near future is jump, jump on Facebook Live and, and do some uh, some live videos. Uh, we're going to do some stuff on uh, Instagram. PS Comics, I love you on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, P.S. Comics, I love the letter U on Twitter. And our email address, I always forget what it is. And I think it's P.S. Com- I think it's P.S. Comics, I love you podcast at gmail.com. And yeah. uh, again, send us uh, emails of what you think of the show, what's something you'd like to see us uh, work on um, and whatnot. So, yeah, guys, I appreciate everything. And um, be safe out there. I know that... Uh, the pandemic is still very go very much going on. We're in the coronavirus still, or the the the, the corona the coronavirus right now. And uh, you know they they've let some things loosen back up. I know that sports are going to loosen up a little bit. I know that I just got an email saying that they're going to allow in Arizona to do some uh, fans in person yeah. for spring training for baseball. Yeah. I know that parts of California are going to allow um, in person yeah. uh, baseball. I don't think the Lakers or the Clippers have no. allowed fans. Yeah. No. New York Knicks actually had their first game with some fans in the, in Coliseum, in the stadium. As, in the, in the, as in a Madison Square Yeah. So it's, it's starting to come, you know, we saw with the Super Bowl running at about 25% capacity. capacity. And um, you know, that, that was pretty cool. So anyways, well guys um, we've got so much to get to over the next month or so and we need to get in to put a put a bow on the star wars series so get rebels next week and then the mandalorian seasons one and season two We're definitely going to get into that and talk about what we think about that where the show is going to go of course we've got spinoffs with ahsoka the rangers of the new republic and uh, of course the book of boba fett um yep. all coming out uh next year so or well book of boba fett's coming out next year so yeah all right guys thank you so much uh and uh yeah, that'll wrap it up for Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, he is Jr. the Dark King, also not Jr. Comics forty two <laughs> on Instagram. Yep, at Voice of Reason twenty three on all social media platforms, including Instagram. Uh, the Voice of Reason Kevin Pillow. All right, guys, good night, and as always, peace, peace, peace. All right, man, thank you very much, bro.